Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. Hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program, our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Welcome to this special edition of Talking Facts. Today, we're going to talk all about food preservation. I'm your host, Mindy McCulley, Extension Specialist for Instructional Support with Family and Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. And my guest today is Ann Hall Norris, who is our Extension Associate for Food and Nutrition. Thanks for joining me today, Ann Hall. Thanks, Mindy. I'm happy to be here. So we've talked a little bit about how we've had a really wet spring, and that has put a little bit of a slow start on our growing season. But we're we're just about getting enough produce available to start canning, right? Oh, yeah. It's coming in good now. And so I want to make sure everybody... Um, has some basic principles in place before they start. Since Ann Hall is our food safety expert in residence, she's going to answer all those burning questions that you might have about canning. But first, we're going to just kick off this discussion with the basics of food preservation. So tell us, Ann Hall, what is canning? Okay, it's very simple. Canning is just a way of preserving food in a glass jar. And so a lot of people think you're actually putting food in a can like you would get at the grocery store, but you're not. It's a glass jar with a metal lid, usually a two-piece lid, and you can do it in your home. There are two ways that you can can. You can can in a boiling water bath canner, or you can can in a pressure canner. And you don't just get to pick which one. You have to decide on the canner based on the category of food that you're going to can. So we start by dividing our garden the food in our garden into two categories. One is a high acid category and the other is a low acid category. So the acid content really determines which way we get to can the food, right? That's right. So once you know the acid content of your food, then you can pick the canner. So acid foods are foods that are either naturally high in acid, like most of your fruits and some of your tomatoes, or any food that has had a lot of acid, like lemon juice or vinegar added to it. So pickles, they're an acid food. And then your low acid foods don't have any acid. Those are all of your vegetables and your meat. Okay, good. So once you've gotten your category established, then you decide on the canner. And so your high acid foods can be processed in a boiling water bath canner. That reaches a temperature of 212, and the acid is actually controlling the bacterial growth that might occur in those products, so you're safe at 212. When you're doing a, a low acid food, like a vegetable, you have to get higher temperatures, 240 degrees Fahrenheit, and you can only get that temperature in a pressure canner. So all of your vegetables and your meats have to go in a pressure canner because there isn't any acid there to control the bacterial growth. You need that higher temperature. Right. So we talked about which foods are acid, but is there other something you can taste or? No, not really. Most people will associate an an acid food with like a bitter flavor or a tartness. Um, So if you were to taste lemon juice or vinegar, it would taste really bitter or tart. But strawberries are acidic and apples are acidic and they don't have that same tartness or that bite when you eat them. So you can't always go by taste. It's best to Either check online, you know, you can uh, search, is this food a high acid or a low acid food? Or you can even call your extension office. They have um, a list of everything out of your garden and whether it's a low acid or a high acid food. So they can help you too. 
So we said that all of our vegetables and our meats are things that we're going to put in the pressure canner. Um, yes. And that that's really good to know because then you don't have to, to worry about that as much. Um, so you know it's going in the pressure canner. So let's get to some of those burning questions that people have. And the first one that we're going to talk about is tomatoes, which I usually think of as an acid food. But that's a food we still have to um, add the lemon juice or vinegar when we're canning in the yes. water canner, right? That's correct. And over the years, tomatoes have become less acidic. Tomatoes used to have a pH well below 4.6. But nowadays, with the, the changing soils and the changing tomato varieties, a lot of times our tomatoes are going to have a pH right at 4.6 or sometimes above, you know, 4.7 or 4.8. And so that line where we decide food safety is based on 4.6. So as an added safety precaution, USDA recommends that we add a little lemon juice to our tomatoes or powdered citric acid. Um, Most people don't want to add vinegar because that will leave a little bit of a flavor in your tomatoes. So it's best to use the lemon juice or citric acid when you're canning just tomatoes. And then you can safely do that in a boiling water bath canner. Great. And so when we can tomatoes, we we take the skin off or we leave the skin on? Well, most people will take the skin off, but you can leave it on. Um, It's not a food safety issue, but if you've ever canned your tomato with the skin on, you'll notice when you go to eat it that it's kind of got a rubbery texture and that's not not very pleasing um, in your soup or your tomato sauce. The other thing that that reminds me um, are the seeds. If you've ever canned them with the seeds in, and you can, Um, But they kind of have a soapy taste. Uh, A lot of people will describe it like the way detergent smells, and they don't like that flavor in their tomatoes. So uh, most people will take the skin off and remove the seeds before canning their tomatoes. I I think that's a good plan because I don't want my food to taste like soap either. (laughs) So is there a really simple way of removing that skin? Yes, there is. If you if you have enough space, you'll want to get a deep pot and fill it about half full with water, bring it to a boil. And while your water's getting ready, go ahead and turn your tomatoes upside down, make a little X on the bottom of each of the tomatoes. Once the water starts boiling, use a ladle or a spoon and kind of drop those tomatoes down in that boiling water. Let them sit for about a minute or a minute and a half, and you'll see that skin where you made that X start to kind of peel off. At this point, you want to remove them with your spoon or your ladle and then dunk them in a bowl of ice water, and that, that stops that cooking process. So after they've sat in the ice water a little while, you can take them out, you grab them with your hands, and the skin just falls right off. Oh, that's perfect then, right? Yes. That just just takes a little bit of more preparation beforehand, but then you're ready to go and it moves a lot faster. Right. It's a lot easier than uh, using a knife to remove that the, the peel, the skin. That's- Great. So while we're talking about these burning questions, let's talk about pickles. And one of the questions that we get is, why can I not add lime or alum to my pickles now? Okay. Well, one of the reasons is that even in small amounts, lime is poisonous to humans. And so even in those older recipes, when you would soak in lime or soak in alum, you had to rinse four or five times and then you even soaked again and then rinsed it even further. And the reason was because you didn't want any of that residue on your pickles. And nowadays, it's a little bit harder to find food-grade lime. You don't want to just get the lime that's available at your feed and seed stores. That's not food-grade lime. So USDA recommends that um, we don't soak in lime or alum anymore just for a food safety reason. 
and they would rather uh, the consumer use a, a purchased product, a purchased calcium product. And Ball makes one of those products called Pickle Crisp. And then Mrs. Wages makes a crisper called Extra Crunch. So that gives you the nice crunch that you like in your pickles, but you don't have to worry about poisoning yourself and your family. That's correct. And you don't have to go through all that soaking and rinsing. It has cut the time almost in half of uh, making your pickles. So it makes canning your own pickles a whole lot more appealing to the yes. general public, right? Yes. Well, At least for I, me, it does. That's right. That is right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me. I think we're going to come back and talk about some more questions that we're going to have that people might have. So we'll, we'll have another installment of this Talking Facts, talking about canning. Okay, great. Thanks, Mindy. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition and health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question, or a show topic idea, leave a like and comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT. Visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local extension agent for family and consumer sciences. We build strong families. It starts with us.